Vinny, Vinny, Amari. We came, we saw, we loved. Welcome to the Partnership Vision Podcast. Where we discuss how to have a relationship full of unity, trust, fun, and fulfillment. We'll be sharing the rewards of preparing yourself for your best partner and being your best for them. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth sector of our mega series. Am I always going to be alone finding your fairy tale? This episode is Anything's Better Than Being Alone Finding Your Fairy Tale, Part 5 Settling. And this one really resonates very strongly with us as something that we both had to, man, learn so much about in hindsight, honestly. Like, we. We didn't realize how much we were settling for the kind of treatment that we had and what past relationships were in our life that just were not at all what the best that God had for us and what we could have had for our life. And, you know, we just, we didn't know any better. Like sometimes settling just looks like ignorance, just looks like not being, not being aware that you can have better, not being aware that you should be treated better than that. When someone normalizes abusive behavior or just, you know, not making a big deal out of you at all, not celebrating you. If everybody around you just kind of ignores you and doesn't treat you as very important, they normalize that for you and they make you feel like that's just how things are supposed to be. And you're just, you know, you're supposed to always try to somehow win somebody's approval, win somebody's favor because no one ever actually does have any favor for you. Maybe you're not really that special after all is the kind of thing that goes through your mind. You think you're not worthy of better and, you know, or maybe better just doesn't exist. It's just not out there in the world. So settling isn't always a willful kind of thing where, yeah, I know there's better, but I'm just going to go ahead and go with this. But that is definitely one of the ends of the spectrum as well. And we're going to cover quite a bit about where we came from in our journeys personally of settling and how it affected us. And this is one, again, on the the rhythm that we have. This is one that Brandy has the most strong correlation to in her story. So she'll take it from here. You know, that something about settling, it comes from a few different things, actually. It can be done out of loneliness, desperation, not valuing yourself, and either not knowing how good a relationship can be, or believing that you'll never have that yourself. So you choose to take whatever you can put up with, and that's quite literally. And valuing yourself is at the root of what you should have before getting into any kind of relationship if you don't value yourself you're just going to get used and abused whether you are aware of it or not or if you just decide to take it because at least hey that's a warm body next to you it's still not good and we really set the standards in our life for how we are treated if we don't value ourselves others won't value us either like that's just how it works, you know? So it's, it's not about, you don't need to be arrogant. You don't need to be walking around thinking you're God's gift to women or God's gift to men, but you do need to know that you're, you're worth something. You know, you really are worth more than being treated like dirt and being treated like you're not that special. Like even just that, like that can be, I think kind of the, 
hard treatment that we can get from older generations is they sometimes feel like we're walking around thinking that we deserve more and deserve better. So they feel like it's their job to make us feel like we're not that special. And that's not really a positive behavior. And that's not really something that we should allow to be a stigma on us. Like everyone is special. Every person God made special. And that doesn't mean that none of us have to go through hard work to become the person we're really meant to be. You know, none of that means that we don't have to do some stuff to, to really become our, our best, the best version of ourselves, but we are inherently special and all life is sacred to God. Every single person, every single life is sacred and should not be walked over and should not be treated like you're not worth your salt until you've worked hard enough to prove it. And that's another thing on not valuing yourself. It ties into what we talked about and self-doubt and insecurity, denial, that either you over-question yourself or you don't feel like you deserve good things. You don't believe that good things can happen to you because maybe some so many bad things have happened in your life to where your hope and trust that life will actually get better and blossom into something really pretty awesome that you see other people having is completely gone. And the more use and abuse that you experience, the more that drains out of you, especially if you don't have a relationship with God. You actually, you know how you want to be treated. But the problem is you decide to lower the bar because anything is quote unquote better than being alone. Well, that really is more harmful than you'd, you'd ever really think on the base level, especially when you're in a desperate or lonely situation to where you're afraid of being alone. You don't feel like you can stand on your own two feet unless you have another pair of feet next to yours. And that's what really puts you in danger when it comes to potential predators and captors and, and different people that just want what they want. They don't give a care what you need or what you want or what would make your life better. They just take advantage of you. And you're blinded by feeling so lonely and desperate when really you could be made whole in God right then and there you know, on a journey with them to that and actually be in a healthy standing in your life. And you wouldn't be feeling the loneliness or desperation you feel right now. And because of your low self-worth, you actually allow disrespect to your, not only yourself, but others around you. And you'll, you'll laugh it off and think, oh, yeah, he's, he or she's being just so, so funny. Because, I mean, it, women are predators, too. They're, they're less reported on than men, but there are female predators out there. And they're even more, or they can be even more cunning because you don't really see it coming from a woman. So even guys, you need to watch out. And it can be emotional bullying. It, it can be uh, passive aggressive behavior. It can be stuff that's just designed to chip away at your sense of well-being and, you know, that you're a person to be respected and to be validated and cared about. There are all sorts of ways of victimizing someone and tearing them down and and using them and controlling them. There's many different levels to it and there's a lot of different ways of doing it. And men and women are both capable of these different methods. And 
There are some that are maybe a little more prevalent with women and some that are a little more prevalent with men, but the whole spectrum of being a user and being a controller, it happens in all sectors of society, everywhere. And when you have a lowered immune system, you don't have high standards about how you should be treated, you will settle for people bullying you and doing things that you should never allow because you don't have that built up in you of just like, no, you're not going to treat me that way. I will not be treated that way. Like I will take my ball and go home. I'm not going to hang around and be abused by others. And settling can look like that. It can look like staying at a job where you're treated like crap because I don't know if I can get anything better anyway. And Oh, this is just how, I, how I've always been treated. So what difference does it make, really? At least this is a for sure thing. Yeah. Or just, you know, settling can look like going with a career that you don't really want. And it's not really doesn't really make you happy. But hey, at least it pays the bills. And never mind that you've got some burning passion in you. Never mind that there is something there. Whether or not you're even in connection to it right now, you really can burn with it in your heart right now. It's there somewhere in you. There is a passion, there is a desire to do something more and to have a quest, to have an adventure. And what is that job that you hate doing for you? How is that moving the needle in your life? When, you're, when your days come to their end, are you gonna look back with regret? Or are you gonna look back with knowing, hey, I took my shot, I took my stand, I stood for something, I went out, I adventured, I did something great. I have memories. I have things that are a legacy and I'm proud of what what I did. You know, there are so many people and this definitely really relates to this entire subject. So many people that have been interviewed on their deathbed, interviewed when they knew that they were going to die, when they were given X number of months to live or whatever the case may be. The number one response that came back about what they regretted in life it had nothing to do with the things that they did. It had to do with all the things they didn't do. And it was all the best things in life that they never lived because they settled for second best. They settled for other things. And they look back and they see everything that they could have had and everything they could have been if they hadn't been settling. And if they hadn't chosen the wrong values and, and went with the wrong things, and we do so for so many different reasons. We do so from fear. We do so from, you know, over overly uh, overly valuing comfort, wanting to be comfort so much that we're not willing to get uncomfortable. We're not willing to force ourselves into some growth, or from losing hope, from being so discouraged that we just don't think that there is any better, or we don't think that we can get to any better. Um, there's just so many different layers to it, but it robs you of your best life. If you settle, if you take second best or just something as good or really honestly something that's bad, something that's actually terrible for you, you know, that's one thing is if you're not really willing to examine the possibility that you're settling, you might not even realize that you're actually like living in hell when you could have heaven. You're living with terrible treatment when you could have something wonderful in your life. And for that to happen, you got you got to open yourself up to the reality. Be honest with yourself. Again, like we talked about in the last segment, last sector, you've got to get beyond denial so that you can see the truth. Like, am I settling? 
Is, is this really the best for me? And, you know, I don't mean that, like, when you know your passion, when you know who you are, what you're moving with, when you know, like, say you married the person of your dreams, well, you don't have to worry about whether or not you're settling when it comes to them, though you do need to consider, am I settling in how I'm handling this relationship? Could our relationship be better? Could I put more passion into it? Could we still have the honeymoon phase going on that it doesn't have to be over? Like there's all sorts of different like micro levels and macro levels of settling as opposed to being intentional and really putting yourself fully into life. And, you know, so that's, that's just kind of covering the broadness of the spectrum of it, how, how big and how small it can be on various levels of our lives. But the, what really is scary is the, the way settling can choke us out from truly good things in our life and bring us into truly terrible things and just become normal for us. And that's the thing. You change yourself. You change yourself when you're settling for somebody. You sacrifice your belief system, moral compass, life goals, your actual desires in life, and even just your general likes and dislikes and anything else to fit whoever is most readily available. Mr. or Mrs. right now, they're a waste of your time and energy and heart. They're not a waste as a person. They, they can be redeemed and everything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying for you, as far as you're concerned, in the relationship sense, they're a waste of your time and they, they're just going to bring you to ruin. Mr. and Mrs. right now will bring you to ruin. And you may not notice all of the changes that you make to yourself because you're just that committed to being whoever you need to be to keep this person. But others you may notice, but you may not even completely care. You might actually feel a little disturbed at first, but then the more repetition you do, the, the less it bothers you and the more you transform into something you were never meant to be just because you were lonely. And that's kind of something that you need to know is truth and you need to believe for yourself. Like if you just kind of believe this, anything is better than being alone. If you just believe that you're believing a lie because that is not the truth. It is better to be alone than to be in bad company. If you're alone, at least you can choose to be good company for yourself. At least you can try to have a relationship with God. At least you don't have somebody who's like carbon monoxide and like the exhaust of your car filling up the garage killing you on the inside like you need oxygen you need people who are a breath of fresh air you don't need to be locked in the garage with your car running you need somebody that brings life to you brings light to you opens you up to a broader world and you can't do that with toxic people in your life you can't do that with someone that you're settling for and I can honestly say in all of my relationships outside of Sean, of course, I can sincerely tell you that I was settling. Um, I wasn't in that many relationships, granted, before Sean. I was in four relationships, I believe. Maybe five, depending on if you count one of them completely, because we we were we identified, you know, ourselves as boyfriend, girlfriend, but there was no really there wasn't really a relationship per se. So 
It was it was in you know the younger teen stage really, so I, I probably wouldn't count that. So I would say four relationships before Sean. And the thing was, I I didn't really have any other influences. So I mean, I I didn't have consistent friends growing up. I grew up as an only child. At there was no neighborhood kids, so I was alone unless I was with my parents in a classroom or in a church sanctuary. And in my own ways, I guess even at a younger age, I was desperate for community because I didn't really have anybody outside of what I just mentioned. And um, and not to belittle my family, I mean, my family is great and whatnot, but I'm just saying we need, we all need friends. We all need our own networks. And I didn't have any. And on top of that, like I, I mentioned in the self-doubt and insecurity episode, on top of all that, I had people attacking me, making rumors, using and abusing me in different ways. People, guys actually trying to be predators towards me and everything else. So on top of being self-doubting and insecure, I had all of that and then no other form of really an outlet to where I could really just plug into. And I really, I honestly didn't know my real value and I wasn't whole within myself first at all. And so when a, a guy was interested in me, I was like, oh, yay, okay, well, I, oh, are, are we together now? <laughs> you know, it's, it's sad but true. Um, and since there was the only guy interested in me, okay, I was like, oh, well, okay, yeah, I'll be your girlfriend. Let's, let's date. But that, that is never the answer. That, that again will get you in the world of trouble and that that's again is settling that's that's desperate that's loneliness and you need to wait you really need to wait until you know who you are and just how valuable you truly are regardless of any insecurities that you might have had yeah and, and we're not gonna lie to you here you know it was not that long ago so I, I still remember how it felt feeling so lonely like just wanting to have that best friend wanting to have that that guy or that girl that you could just click with and they would understand you and you would understand them and and the world would just be different because you'd have each other to experience life together with and you just you feel that you have that dream in you that strong desire that aching inside of you for that and, you know, some of you might register just as, oh, I need friends. I need somebody in my life in general. But I think a lot of us register it as a, as a whole that's shaped like someone, is shaped like a certain someone. And it is hard. It really is hard. It is very painful. Like, for those that get out of that stage and, and get to where they have someone or they've been through multiple divorces or things like that, they're very cynical and they kind of forget how it felt to be so in need of that other person. But without all the baggage and without having progressed in age to a different stage of life, it is a very, very, um, like it feels like life or death. It feels really, really hard. And I definitely have all compassion for those of you that are in that place, that are struggling with that, or maybe you came out of a bad relationship or you came out of a divorce. Now you don't have that person in your life and 
it leaves, even if it was a bad thing, it still leaves you keenly aware of how lonely you are and how alone you are and how much you want somebody to fill that space in your life. Because even if you're aware enough to be like, you know what, they were no good and I'm better off without them, you're still like, but I had this hole filled in my life at that time, even if it was a bad fill, even if it was a bad fix, and now it's just an empty hole and it hurts and and on top of like whatever wounds you might have from that that breakup or that brokenness and that's that's an extreme pain that's an extreme suffering and everything in you just kind of wants it like just just find somebody to fill the hole just find someone that can do it but i would encourage you try with all your might to resist just running into that pain and just trying to find someone that can save you from it and and be the person that'll make you feel better. You can help them and they can help you and you can help each other heal and help each other get better. That is a setup for becoming a victim. You know, whether or not you were already, you will become one when you're going out in desperation like that. That is what we have found to be the number one reason why we settled and why we see so many other people settle. It just comes down to desperation. It just comes down to how bad you want to have somebody fill that hole in your life. And you're willing to, you know, lie to yourself about whether or not they're really good for you, whether or not there's really anything good in them or not. It's like an addiction, you know. You you discovered this powerful feeling and sensation of what it's like to have a person in your life like that. Or even if you haven't even gotten to that point, if you just feel the desire in you it is a driving force and it makes it very very difficult to ignore that it feels more like it's better to be with anybody than to be alone and that is not the truth that is not the truth at all you gotta dig down and think about your future think about the fact that there is actually someone who will love you because i i promise you that there is there is someone out there If you get yourself ready, if you make yourself just wait and not be destroyed by the world, not be destroyed by the wrong people in your life, if you will try your best and go after who you're really meant to be and you prepare yourself, you're going to find that person who will love you and respect you and will see what there is in you and will adore you and you won't have to settle for somebody else. And that's the thing, too, is culture, because, I mean, with me, I fell into the whole cultural thing of dating once I got into my teens. I mean, it's it, it's modeled for us. It's modeled as something you're supposed to do. But in reality, you're not fully ready for a real long-term relationship. At least most aren't. I mean, there are some high school sweethearts that do actually make it, and that is so awesome. But that's not the norm. And not everybody is meant to be that are actually together in high school. It's hard to overcome peer pressure in high school. And I had plenty of it in the school sense because Sean was homeschooled. But even at that, it's still like you have friends and you have just the whole world. TV that you watch, you know, even if you watch pretty reasonable, you know, you think clean TV, you know, you think you read pretty reasonable, clean books, you know, not like on the extremes on any level, but still the whole culture just sells you this message, just throws it in your face. It's a, it's a dating and see how you like them in bed first kind of culture. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us where the heart is heard. Partnership Vision Ministries. Stay driven by love. So you can wreck all the fear. You can check us out on Instagram at Partnership Vision Ministries. Or on Facebook on Partnership Vision Ministries page. And even Twitter at PVisionM. Y'all come back now, you hear?